0: What's up everybody? Here we go for bring the smoke again. My goodness. So we over here with Miss Charisse Davis, the founder of law and we just want to let her to introduce herself. But look at here, all the way from the ATL, well not the ATL, Augusta, Georgia, baby. So we over here again, Orlando Studios, chilling over here with Disney. Mickey and Minnie. Mickey and
1: Minnie.
0: Hey, we having a good time (laughs) over here. So anyway, let them know who you are.
1: Well, hey, everybody. Um, I'm Cherise Michelle Davis, and I am the founder of an amazing girls organization called GLOSS, and the acronym is for God's Ladies of Significance and Service. And I do some other stuff, so we'll talk about that, too.
0: All right. Well, look here. Well, first of all, you you, you done had this for years. I mean... I remember you had it back in the ATL. You've been doing it for a long time. And how did, was this birth? Cause first of all, you started when you were so young. Cause it's like what 17? Seven. It's 17 years old. And you ain't but 18, right? <laughs> I man I'm just saying. Started when she was one, I was like, <laughs> nah, No, seriously though. She started this a long time ago as a young lady, and I just it's just amazing how much vision. Uh, that you've had for so long. How did? How was this birth?
1: Well, um, the organization started when I was 19 years old, and it really came out of me trying to do something for other young ladies that I thought were like me. So I grew up two-parent households, went to church, had a support system. So on the outside, everything looks good, right? Yeah. Um, but I still had issues with uh esteem, I still struggled with God's purpose for my life. Um, I still struggle with just that confidence and boldness and I wanted to do something for girls that were like me. Because on the outside or on paper, I don't look like I'm at risk, right? But we're all at risk. The Bible tells us that the enemy is out to steal, kill and destroy. Um, but Jesus' purpose is to give them a rich and a satisfying life. And so I was able to start something that God could use as a tool in the life of, of a young lady and really bridging that gap between home and church because that's where we lose young ladies is the, that space where they, they're afraid to speak up in church and they're afraid to speak up at home. Wow. Yeah.
0: Why, why are afraid to speak up at church and home?
1: It's really sad that that is often the case, but I think a lot of times home and church puts like pressure on young ladies and there's expectations that you have to always be perfect and that you can't fall apart. And then, you know, really learning how to manage your emotions and your issues is something that is a work in progress. And I think it just it, it takes a whole village to nurture and develop a young lady.
0: I know my face is a little perplexed because I've never heard that women didn't have permission to fall apart. Now, we know men because they would tell us, man, you can't cry. Now, so me at home, mm-hmm. if I come home and I was a little crying because somebody was bullying me or fighting me, dad would be like, you go out there and kick his butt. And if you come back here crying again, I'm going to fight you. So you knew you had to go out there and win. I mean, they made us into flipping gladiators. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. you 16, 17, you fight. Oh, you can't do that no more. Well, Negro, that's what you've been training me to do the whole time. And so then they teach you how to always harden your feelings. You shouldn't cry even if, you know. And so I never heard a woman say that women didn't have permission to fall apart. Because I thought y'all had permission all the time. (laughs) I mean, you watch the movie, you know, and nobody cares.
1: Well, I'll say, like, I mean, yeah, cry. But I think being able to be honest about what your real root issues are. Like... I'll, you know, I'll be transparent and say, I, I struggled with accepting like what my purpose was because I, my gifts were not always outward gifts. Like I, I didn't excel in a particular subject or, um, and so that made me feel like I, I lacked some confidence there, but as I got older, I started to grow in my walk with God. And so then there's a confidence and assurance that comes us a little bit deeper And so that is what helped me to manage my emotions and to be able to, you know, to move forward in life. So, I mean, to your point, like, yeah, you know, women have, we see them fall out and cry and have the tears, but there is such a stigma of having to be a strong woman. And we watch the women in our lives, like they always seem to rise to the occasion, but it's not often that they're transparent about the struggle to be able to rise to the occasion,
0: one thing, excuse me. One thing I like about bringing the smoke, we just cut to the chase. I just got to yeah. ask this question: Is it women, or is it black women, or is it minority women that have to be strong? I mean, what what is it? Because I know. Yeah. I mean, back in the day, the woman. I mean, if it wasn't for the black woman, the black man wouldn't be here because she would go to the porch when the night riders would come out there with their hoods on and and, kind of calm the situation down because if the man came out then, you know, surely they was gonna kill him and shoot him and they had to be strong all the time. So I just want to understand, so are you saying white women, black women, Hispanic women, all women, or are you saying black women don't have the permission to break down?
1: I'm kind of, I want to say first humanity. Like humanity, we were built to, to need God. We were built to not, carry everything on our own. We were built to be dependent on God and then interdependent on people. So first and foremost, it's just a human thing. But I do definitely think that there is this added pressure that black women do endure. um, And we've all experienced it in many different, you know, kind of ways. So I'm gonna say fundamentally humans. And then definitely, I think there's, I, I think everyone's journey is different. And we have obviously seen in our country the struggle that black women have had. So I'm not going to breeze over that because that is major. But I will say, you know, humanity just is a struggle. Life life is hard, you know.
0: Mm, life ain't no crystal stare. It is think. not. It me, right? is not.
1: But <laughs> wow. that's why, you know, gloss is so important because... We know that young ladies are going to go through multiple phases and we want to walk alongside them. So I always tell um, our volunteer leaders and our, our young ladies that, you know, like when they're five and six years old, God's best for their life is keeping your room clean. You know, bringing your little papers in so mom and dad can look at the assignment. You know, as you get older, you start having questions about friendships. You get a little older, it's questions about relationships. Do I be with this person? Do I not be this, with this person? Do I take this job? Do I not take this job? So there are all these phases that um, young ladies and women go through. And so you just have to have that support system to be guided through it.
0: Wow. That's that's a lot. And mm-hmm. I do- very diplomatic. <laughs> humanity first.
1: Yeah, humanity first. I mean, Christ came and died for for humanity. Right. So, like, I think we have to start there because we that allows us to then have grace for other people's experiences. It doesn't mean that we tolerate bad behavior and mistreatment of people, but it does acknowledge that everybody is a sinner and they need saving first and foremost. Because when Christ comes back, He's coming for everyone. Wow. Well,
0: when you said you you you're um, you started to, to help women
1: mm-hmm. like you. Mm-hmm.
0: What type of women do you help that's not like you?
1: Well, I would say that I think when I first started Gloss, that was my mindset. But as I got older and I started just living more life, I was like, oh, wait, you know, we're all... The whole humanity piece came in. It was like we're all... It doesn't really matter... Um, what environment you're, you're raised in, um, we all need to have a relationship with God. Like, we all need that solid foundation. And, and my support to that, too, is, um, you know, there are girls who have been a part of GLOSS over the years who were raised by not both mom and dad, but raised by an aunt and uncle or um, grandparents or, you know, young ladies who grew up in um, higher socioeconomic Um, income, families, and then others that have limited resources. So um, what has happened for me over the years in terms of the vision of GLOSS is just wanting to expand and be global and to think beyond just um, a certain type of young lady, but we're looking for young ladies who want to grow in their relationship with God, who want to evolve as an individual and who want to serve. So that is our target audience, those young ladies are. That's awesome. That's awesome. I mean, it's because
0: when you evolve and you're you you know you, you're trying to reach all people. Yes. Because, I mean, my target audience, which is still, like when I did In Touch Basketball, was definitely for African American males especially. Um, but then it expanded to Women even want to be in yeah. the basketball game. Yeah. But it's still, my target audience is still black males because we don't want to have the most trouble with the police. Yeah. But, you know, everyone is welcome. And I don't put in the, the thing yeah. I'm looking to try to help black males. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, that's who gets shot by the police the most. So that still is my focus. Mm-hmm. My focus, But at the end of the day, it did it, it evolve into yes. helping like more than more people. Than, yeah,
1: that's awesome. I was going to say, you know, like God steps in, and He multiplies things. Yes. And then I think about, you know, our mascot for the organization is a butterfly, and so mm-hmm. butterflies they 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 they're, they're they're pollinators. So they go from flower to flower, and they're part of just the system of 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 growth and development in our plant life, right? So they're
0: promiscuous. <laughs> they just gonna mess with all the flowers. Just just, just spraying their love everywhere. We're gonna they pray do. for these butterflies. They
1: do. <laughs> they <Thank you>. do. <laughs> I knew
0: it was coming. I'm just saying I tried. I tried, but I'm just looking at these <laughs> Lord help the butterfly. Now go ahead yes, seriously.
1: Help help the butterfly to make sure she's make sure the butterflies are pollinating where they yeah, need to we pollinate. Make sure these
0: gloss women ain't pollinating everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we don't want y'all to pollinate everywhere. We want y'all to, to go by the symbolism of the butterfly. Yes. Don't go pollinate like the butterfly. You, 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 but go ahead. You,
1: you pollinate wherever God tells you to pollinate.
0: <laughs> but God, I don't know <laughs> now. So God going to just tell me to go pollinate anywhere.
1: <laughs> if, if God tells you to go pollinate, but we're, we'll move forward. Let me get back. Let me get back to you. Cause, cause you're going to take us all the way over there. I'm just there. saying,
0: go ahead. You went there. You said God told you to pollinate <laughs> everywhere. Lord have mercy. The butterflies go ahead, are pollinating seriously. flowers. I, I get it. Not people. I, I'm just saying. Anyway. Seems like they just be loyal to one flower, but it's all good. No, go ahead. Seriously. No, go ahead. I'm serious. Go ahead. I'm somewhere. It's it's, yes. just, it's, 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 it's it's a flaw in my personality, man. I try.
1: God, there are many different kinds of butterflies, and God uses all different kinds all of, of people. So you have a you. special well, purpose. Thank you.
0: <laughs> I try not to pollinate all the flowers.
1: <laughs> yes. For the record, not all the flowers. <laughs> Go ahead, I'm listening. <laughs> oh gosh. So the point of pollination, right? Is is to is to is to bring life and to, yes. to give and, and and help um to to help development and growth in other areas. So as you were speaking about how your organization has evolved. Like it started in one place, mm-hmm. you know, but it, it evolved and um, you know, just as you were talking, it just made me think about the butterfly and oh, how yeah. they go through phases, um, and, you know, all of that is used to, you know, to help them to grow yeah. and to evolve and to help others.
0: Oh, that is awesome, No, No, seriously, I get what you're saying. On a serious note, you pollinate, you make sure that you pollinate all different types of flowers, all different types of mm-hmm. people, whether they be black, whether they be white, yes. whether they be old, whether they be young. You know, so at the end, of, what of what's the age, people, that you focus yes. on?
1: Yes, so our organization serves young ladies between the ages of 5 and 25. And I know that's a large gap, but, you know, those are crucial developmental ages.
0: What age again? 5 to 25. Wow,
1: 5 to 25. Yes, 5 to 25. I'm really proud to share that. So the first year I started Gloss. Um, we started with six young ladies, and one of the young ladies who joined that first year, she is now about to graduate from college. Wow. So we just have, you know, had the opportunity to see her grow and develop over the years, her amongst many other uh, young ladies over the years.
0: I got a quick question for you. Has this age range always been 5 to 25?
1: Yes. So we started with five to, well, started five to 20. That's, that's good. Um, but then I got older and I was like, I think we need some more years. So then we expanded it to 25 and then I got older and then I was like, okay, well, we'll just, we'll just stop right there though. But, um, but yes.
0: How was it when you were 17 and you were mentoring people 20, 21 or whatnot? How did that feel?
1: Well, um, how
0: did you work through
1: that? I will say, so I started, to clarify, I started the organization when I was 19.
0: 19, my fault. It was 17 years old. Yes. She was 19.
1: Yes. But I wasn't mentoring. You can tell
0: somebody young, because they they don't be caring about, you know. They be like, I'm 19 and a half. (laughs) (laughs) I be be trying to go backwards. I'm 25 for this show. But anyway, go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Um,
1: I did not start off mentoring young ladies that were older than me, but I did start leading a volunteer team. At a young
0: age. Mm. Woo! Time out. This fire right here. Leadership. Can yeah. I tell you something? It's. I'm not saying it's easy to lead when somebody's getting paid, but it's definitely easier to lead if someone getting a check because you can use it over their head. I'm gonna fire you. But leading volunteers. Mm-hmm. Can the pastor say amen? Can the nun probably say amen? amen. How? Did you have, man, how does your leadership evolve? How do you lead volunteers? That, that's, that's, that's a word right there. How do you lead volunteers? Help me, Jesus. It
1: is, it's, uh, something I learned today. I think it was today or yesterday. I heard it was said, you know, you're, it was yesterday. You're, you're leading as you're learning. You're, you're learning as you're leading. Um, Bishop Jakes, I think said that. And, um, so when I first started 19 years old, I, I did not necessarily know what I was doing, but I knew that this was something that God wanted me to do. So there is just a, um, an equipping that God started to do. He just started to put people in my life who were willing to help. Um, and then I took the initiative to get training. Like I would, I would join organizations that would help me develop as a leader. I would read books. I would take classes. I would go to workshops. Um, and I would watch people who inspired me, I will watch how they led. Mm. And, and I think, but when you do that, you have to be careful that you don't try to become that person. You still be who you are, but you, someone I know says, navigate your way through life, find out what you need to get, get it and keep moving. So I would take pieces from other people and see how I could apply that to myself and my leadership.
0: I like that. So that means you got to be a lifelong learner learner. in order to lead because so many people want to lead but never want to learn. You got to read. You need to learn. So I I like that you said, you know what, I had to lead. I had to learn. I had to develop myself because the thing about it is what we need to learn as leaders. You're going to attract people that are two and three steps and four steps below your leadership capacity. So when you're leading, you're not going to – people on your level and one step below you not going to follow you. They're not. you got to be three, four, five steps above that person. That's why you have to expand your leadership in order to grow your organization. Mm -hmm. And you're looking around, you're like, man, I can't never get no better volunteers. Man, I can't get no other better employees. It's because you have to grow your level. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't grow your level, nobody wants to follow somebody they feel like they can be in two days. And so I like the way you said, no, I kept learning. I kept doing this and taking bits and pieces. Because the thing about it is once we get to the point and think that we – don't need to learn anymore. We start dying. Anything that's not growing, growing is dying. Anything. So yeah. that is so awesome, yeah. man. Leading volunteers, oh, man. Yeah. I had to get used to that when I became a pastor. You know, I was always a principal, and I'm leading folk who getting paid. You getting a check. And I said, I just hoard it over the head. I still had to lead, but definitely different yeah. leading people who don't get paid.
1: And And then when you've been a follower, too, you know, you it gives you an empathy and a grace mm-hmm. as well because you know what it's like to have to report to Somebody someone, you know? And then, so that that is that part. And then too, I think whenever you do something that God calls you to do, literally, what's the verses like? It, it, your gifts or what have you will, your, make, will room. make room for you. And I can tell you, gloss is the only entity in my life that God continues to make room for. I mean, I, I just I can't. I mean, we have been um, volunteer-driven for 17 years, and like that is only the grace of God. I mean, we've we you know secured some grants, and you know people have donated. But just when I think about how God has sustained us when we have very limited resources compared to what other organizations and people have, like it is, it is only God.
0: Well, first of all, all things happen for the good of those who are called according to his purpose. So when you operate in your purpose... God is obligated to take care of you because he said he would. He said, he who began the good work in you shall finish it. He's the author and finisher of your faith. He's the alpha and omega, the beginning and the end. The thing about it is we have to take care of the in-between times. Yeah. The thing about it, we got to keep walking it out, press toward the mark of his holy call. We have to keep walking. And if we continue to do good and faint not, it will come to fruition. And so your faithfulness He's gonna take care of you because you are operating your purpose. God gave yeah. you this gift. God gave you this vision. If it's God's vision, he gotta give you the provision. Yeah. If it's his will, he gotta pay the bill. Because he's the one that he, he's the one that birthed that in you. And mm-hmm. it's his job to take care of it. Right. As long as you continue to be faithful. Oh my God. And so, but back to the training piece. Mm-hmm. The Bible says that um uh he would do exceedingly, abundantly above. What if you can ask, think, or imagine according to the power that works in you, which means God is in partnerships. God, you have to learn. You have to grow because he can work in you according to the power that works in you. So he can, can use you more than he can use me. He might be able to use me more than he can use someone else. Why? Because you continue to learn and cultivate and continue to yeah. grow because faith without works is what? Mm-hmm. dead. you have to learn. You have to continue to read. He says, that he wishes above all things that you be prosperous and in good health, even as what your soul prospers. See, your soul is not your spirit. Some people get it mixed up. They say mind, uh, but it's, 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 they say mind, body, and soul. No, no, your mind is your soul right so it's really your mind slash soul body and spirit Mm -hmm. and your your soul or your mind is your reason your deduction is who you are so the more you grow in him the more he can trust you and the more he can give you he continues to give you more blessings with gloss because he sees that he can trust you and you understand that this organization does not belong to you you understand that you are a steward this is his organization not yours and so you can continue to walk by faith and you know he's going to provide the provision so you just keep walking on the Water and see that's the whole thing. You're walking on the water all the time because sometimes I'm sure you've done something you don't even know where the money coming from, but yes. then he sends it to you right <laughs> in the nick of time because yes. it's his vision. And when you learn how to walk on water like Peter, but stop looking at the ways of life and looking at the problems, he's gonna always bring it to fruition. Man, tell you something. I know I'm talking a lot, but look when I did when I first did when I did March Got Some Madness before, but last year and this year, oh my God, the people that God brought. I was preaching one day in the middle of a sermon and God said he gave me the vision while I'm preaching. And I said, Hey, trustees, time out in the middle of sermon. In the middle of sermon, I'm like, time out. Look, trustees, we're about to have March of madness. I know that the budget is five thousand, but we're probably gonna end up spending about twenty thousand. You know, God <laughs> said he's gonna take care of it. We're gonna have Jamal Bryant, we're gonna have Paul Morton, we're gonna have E do it, and I don't know who else we're gonna have, but all of them gonna say yes and all they're gonna come. And then I went right back to preaching. He said it in the midst of it, and he worked it out. Yeah. And at the end of the day, God took care of it. We had a budget of five thousand, but of course, man, them jokers ain't coming for free. So at the end of the day, but God, the offerings and the way the people gave, yeah. we ended up we ended up doing more than bringing even. Ended up pretty much making money off the conference. Although I never care about making money, all I care about is people getting the word, and we break even. So I won't have to go back, you know, and, and, and be in a deficit. But God did, man. I ain't no Bishop Hall Morton. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Jamal went answering my phone call like mm-hmm. I had his number yeah. but God gave me that vision I knew he was right. going to take care of it and I had to say it out loud and so I mm-hmm. spoke it oh y'all better watch out yeah. when you speak it you will get what you speak speak those things that be not as though they were but you got to speak it and you got to believe as though you have received and yeah. it shall be given unto you and sometimes you got to be bold like the man that had the son with the everlasting and say Lord I believe help my unbelief right. and just say it in front of everybody and let everybody know that you trust in Jesus yeah. to take care of everything so you stepped out on faith you said i'm gonna do this at 17 years old what gave you that faith to do that at 17
1: i mean i think what you said like when when god places something whether it's a vision or you hear something audibly or you just it just kind of comes up like i i knew that this was god Mm. Like I knew it was God and I knew that because I was getting to know myself and like I, I'm the type of person, it takes me a while sometimes to get something, but once I get it, I got it. And this gloss, whenever I would sit in front of the computer and work on things, ideas would just come. Like just, there was never a like, oh, I can't figure it out. Like that's how I knew that this was God. Mm. So when, when you have that. That leading, that prompting from from God, the only thing that you just have to do is be obedient, you Man. know, in response. Man, and no. it doesn't mean that I've not had any challenges and I haven't had tears and there were, you know, things that I still had to grow in. But stepping out and doing it, I, I just, I, God, what, he... um he doesn't call the, he equips the called or calls.
0: He, he doesn't call to qualify. qualify he, he qualifies the call. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's awesome, man. But look at this. The Bible also says that there remains a place of rest. There are night there remains a Sabbath, a place of rest for the people of God. He said in Hebrews, and there's a place where, of rest right which means you're resting in what it is god is doing to you even though it's even though it may be some trials and tribulations like a holy ease because you in your purpose yeah you know what i'm saying and so when i look at um i'm gonna get all nerdy on this one Mm -hmm. so it says that a day is like a thousand years and a thousand years is like a day to god but that don't mean that a thousand years is exactly like a day it just means god don't deal with time like we deal with time and it said on the seventh day he rested he made the world and he created everything in six days. He made a man and woman on the sixth day. And on the seventh day, he rested. We're still in the seventh day, which means God is at rest. we had the seventh day of in the spirit, right? Which means that we have our work has ceased. I think what made us go into this workplace is when when, when Adam and Eve ate of the garden, right, ate of the fruit that, that mm-hmm. was forbidden to grow, that forbidden to eat, that's them touching what God said don't touch. Mm-hmm. There's 10% that you're not supposed to touch. If you're a Christian, you already know you got a tithe. And when you begin to walk in it and not touch what God tells you not to touch, God is obligated to allow you to walk in a holy ease in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Then when you begin to not touch other jobs, other things that God didn't tell you to touch and you look for your purpose and you chase your purpose instead of money, mm-hmm. he's obligated to let you rest. So what I'm saying is this, when you operate in your call, you're not working no more. When when newbies Grove, when I had a lot of problem with newbies grow Grove and in leadership, I didn't worry about it. It got on my nerves, but I knew God had called me there. So I knew even though this storm is raging, God is not going to let my boat sink. And if the boat do sink, I'm not going to drown. So at the end of the day, like you said, it's not like you didn't have any tears, it's not like mm-hmm. you didn't have any challenges and you have challenges because if anything worth having, you're going to have to fight for it because he who has not entered through the gate has only come to kill, sit and destroy and he was not entered through the gate. Has Really, the gate is the womb of a woman, which means who entered through the gate was Satan. Satan was cast down. He has no legal authority over you. You have authority over angels. Angels got mad at God and said, what is man that you're mindful of him? You made everything to be subject under their feet, yet they're not walking in the authority. If you gave us the authority, God, we will walk in it. Your man, your woman not walking in it. Why they're not walking in the authority? Give us this authority. They are jealous of the power that we have, and we have the power over angels. Angels who are submitted to God. Therefore, you definitely have the power over Satan. Can I talk to the old school people? Flip Wilson when <laughs> lying to you. The devil can't make you do nothing because you have authority over him. He's not into through the gate. He's only come to kill, sin, and destroy. And you have the power to make him bow down. The Bible says he walketh as a roaring lion seeking to see who he can devour. The reason why he's seeking is because he's not a lion. He's coming as a roaring lion. That's a sentiment that's a lead. That's a, that's, a, that's a metaphor. He's not really a lion. He really can't destroy you. He can only destroy you if you let him and you don't walk in the power and authority God has given you. And so this woman of God, Waltney Hubbard, already seventeen years old. Some of y'all too old to be talking about the mm-hmm. devil won't let you do nothing. Mm-hmm. She was seventeen years old, leading folk twenty something years old beginning to cultivate people and bring them up. Why? Because she walked by faith and not by sight. When are you going to start walking by faith and start making excuses? I need you to get up off your blessed assurance and go do something for God because he's gifted you. He has anointed you and he who began the good work and you shall finish it. If you just start walking and keep walking, he going to bring it to fruition.
1: That's right.
0: Man, I just went crazy. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, man. So, this 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 is amazing. So what y'all seventeen years? What you gonna do? Yes. I know y'all gotta celebrate. I know it ain't twenty years, but it's yes. still seventeen. Yes. What got a whole teenager? What what what? what it's teenage seventeen years. Yes. Oh, it's an adolescent. <laughs> yes. Ooh, Lord, adolescents be kind of crazy We're a little older than
1: adolescent. We're like, you know, about to be full-grown adult. About to be. Yes, about to be. Yeah, the
0: key word is about to be. About
1: to
0: be, yes. Golly, that's awesome. 17 years of ministry. Yes. Well, can I tell you something? All of us are called to do something. We might not be called to preach. We might not be called to teach, but we're all called to make our mark. Yes. Because you are wonderfully and fearfully made. The same way, if I if I touch this table and I then stole something off this table, if they match my fingerprints, you know what? Nobody else has the same fingerprint as me, and the police coming to get me. You understand what I'm saying? What I'm saying is your fingerprint is just like your 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 spirit and your purpose is just like your fingerprint. No one can do what God has called you to do. Can I tell you something? If everybody stayed in their lane and did what they're supposed to, can I, Deion Sanders, the greatest return. Return of all time. I mean, to me, to me, no, there's no, there's no comparison. I mean, I know Pac Man and the other people ran it back, but Dion. I mean, he would be clowning you, running down the field. I mean, he tripping. But if the special teams people would stay in their lane, because they teach you in football, stay in your lane. The, see, if everybody stayed in that lane, Deion Sanders wouldn't have been able to break down the defense. The way you break down the defense, he run one way, everybody go on this side, and then they go, to, then he go the other way and cut through everybody and, and, and end up making the touchdown. But if everybody stayed in their lane and then try to make the play, mm-hmm. there was no way that yeah. he'd be able to make it. Can I tell you something? Stay in your lane. Do what God has called you to do. Do what God has gifted you to do yeah. because no one can do your job. Right. And when you don't operate in your job, you're there's a lack. hole in the, there's a lack. Exactly. There's a lack and it won't get done. Yeah. I don't care how great Tom Brady is. If you got all Tom Brady's and no line, no running back, no DBs, no yeah. wide receivers, you're not going to win the game. Although he's great. Why? Because you need every yeah. position in order to be successful. Whatever yeah. your position is play it and play it well because you are important no matter what what how, how Paul said it how can a hand say to the foot I don't right. need you as part of the body so you know what if your if your finger hurt are you just gonna cut your finger off and be like man my finger hurt let me get rid of this finger no because you right. need it in order to grip certain things right right go ahead I was just gonna say I can feel it I know you're ready <laughs> and
1: tied tied to leadership too like I had that's something I have to be mindful of Yes, I carry the title of founder and executive director, but there's a whole volunteer team and mm. everybody plays a part, you know. And so when I am trying to handle something with programs, then I'm not doing ED things. When I am trying to, you know, um, you know, just be outside of my lane, like you said, there, there's a lack. And then it takes away the opportunity for other leaders to rise to the occasion and be the incredible people that God has called them to be. You know, like, yes, I may have started out being more of a mentor to the girls, but as the organization has grown and we brought in other volunteer leaders, we have coaches that work with our young ladies now. And I'm just like, oh my God, like, I wish we knew about you like 10 years ago, you know? Um, So being able to to step aside so that room can be made for other people, and that's how the organization grows. Like um, I think founders have to be very mindful about, you know, caring for this 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 baby that they created. Um, but you have to you have to let the organization grow and not stifle it. Mm. You know, um, you have to be willing to delegate. You have to be willing to let someone else, you know, shine. You know, like they're, like I said, we have volunteers that I'm just so impressed with and honored. I'm just like, wow, like you, the fact that women are still wanting to volunteer tells me that this was a God thing, that it speaks to God's faithfulness, that people still want to volunteer with Gloss after all these years. Wow, that is yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I like the way you say you got to have room to grow. You have two hands for a reason. So you can understand you limited. Even Jesus yes. said, I'm going to send you the paraclete. I'm going to send you to advocate. I'm going to send you to help. I'm going to send you the comfort in the form of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he will lead you into all truths and you will be able to do all things through Christ, who is Jesus who strengthens us, right? Cause he understood his body limited himself. So he had to die and release his spirit. Now we can't die and release our spirit, but what we can do is be able to operate how Jesus operated with the Holy Spirit is to have extensions and yeah. make disciples, and train up people, yeah. and don't be jealous of how they shine, and if they shine bright on you, who cares? It's your organization. Mm-hmm. And then one day, maybe they'll go somewhere else right. and grow their own organization, because it's your job to make disciples. Yeah. You, you, if, can I tell you, I want to tell somebody this. Like, when you're in an organization, and you're working yourself out of a job, God is going to give you something bigger, or He's going to let somebody else do. Your, your legacy lives on. Yeah. The greatest form of evangelism I've ever seen in my life Is Reggie White. Reggie White played defensive (laughs) lineman for the Green Bay Packers. When they drafted the man that was going to take his place, he, before practice and after practice, he helped train the man who was going to take his job. He also helped him after the game and let him know what he did right, what he did wrong, even though he knew that this man was eventually going to take his job, and him helping him now might have made him take it earlier. That Mm -hmm. is the way that Christ wants us to be. Because whatever you bless with is your blessing. And you got to learn how to let it go and let your organization grow because God is using that soil to grow people. See, I already told y'all how promiscuous butterflies are, right? So they're going to be fertilizing everywhere. So if she got a symbol as a butterfly, it's her job to go fertilize all these individuals (laughs) to help them grow. Amen. So the butterflies, what she has a symbol of is life. Mm -hmm. newness Mm -hmm. and birth. So at the end of the day, you got to understand God did not give you that just to glorify yourself. In fact, he didn't give it to glorify you at at
1: all. He
0: gave it to you to glorify him. And the more you give it to him and understand it's his, the more people God would allow you to serve and the more he would expand and grow your ministry and grow you. He'll make your name great as long as you ain't trying to make your name bigger than His.
1: My mom always says that she's always just like, you know, she reminds me often like God, God does the elevating. You know, we're sometimes we're so busy. Oh, I got to get this post. I got to do this content calendar. I got to do this. And I think there's a due diligence. Yes, that we do our part. But. That energy and effort and strain and stress, we got to be mindful to not place that on this because God is the one that does the increase. Wow. Wow. You know, what's that? uh, I don't know. I think it's the scripture. Yeah. You know, he he owns the cattle on a thousand heels. Like and that that applies to what we read in the Bible. And that applies to like our daily life today. Like sometimes we just do the absolute most unnecessarily.
0: Right, he owns the couch. God
1: will place you in the elevator with the person that you need to speak with. You know, you don't have to run after people.
0: Reverend.
1: (laughs) It's so true. I've watched God do that so many times, so many times.
0: Wow, that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So look here, what word of wisdom do you want to leave for the people as you close out Bring the Smoke? it has been an awesome interview. Yes. But leave them a word of wisdom. Yeah. Talk to them people right there. Okay. That's your world, Cam.
1: So, the mission of GLOSS is to challenge young ladies to accept only God's best for their lives. And so, That's what our charge is to young ladies, but that's my charge to you too, is to accept only God's best for your life. Not your best, not your parents' best, not society's best, not your spouse's best, not your, you know, not your whoever's best, God's best for your life. Um, And that's just absolutely necessary because that's what God makes room for. Ephesians 2.10 says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them so he's already ordained and got great things for you so if you walk in that you're guaranteed to be in his best and so I would just encourage you to remain obedient even when his best is not your best because that's where it gets tricky you know we we sometimes trying to work our plan and God's like no I'm, I'm trying to take you over there and just be willing to accept his best for your life because that's ultimately what's going to be best for you he sees more than what you see he knows more and so you have to trust him to um to give you that strength and that desire to accept his best for your life
0: awesome bring the spoke miss Sharice Davis from the little A Augusta,
1: but <laughs> <laughs> well, we got the Savannah River. Oh yeah, you it's do. It's pretty.
0: Hey, it is. <laughs> hey everybody, how you doing? In Touch Basketball is back. We did it big last year again, and we did it for the first time in a few years since the pandemic. We coming back again, and you know what? The sheriff's department and the police department gonna go head to head again. The community gonna go head to head again. I think the fire department's gonna play as well. So we're gonna make sure the first responders bring back the original in touch where they played each other. August the 4th, August the 4th is going down at the Denby Community Center. If you all can ball, Please get you some players together. Anybody in the community, you can be in Newport News, you can be from Hampton, we don't care where you're from. It's a Newport News event, but it's to bring the whole Hampton Roads community together to make sure we do what? Partner and build bridges with the police. We want to make sure the police know us, we know the police, and that we help them solve crimes to keep our neighborhood safe. We want to make sure we curate some great positive interactions, and that's what we do with Inters Basketball. But at the end of the day, somebody gonna win somebody gonna lose are you a baller if you a baller come on out if you're not come on out because you know what it's all about fun although i'm a sore loser so newbies grow get that team together because we better win hey everybody how you doing this book is a book I believe everyone should buy. Not just because I wrote it, but because this book was birthed out of pain. And you learn so much during those painful moments. This is called Leadership Growth, The Power and the Pain. You can't have the power unless you've been through the pain. Bishop Morton wrote the forward. It's been endorsed as well by our former governor, uh, Terry McCullough, and by our Newport News Sheriff, Sheriff Gabriel Morgan. I promise you this book will bless you. Please get it, not just for me, but to bless you. Go to willermaswell.org or click on the links below, and I promise you this book will bless you. If you don't just buy it for yourself, buy it for someone else. It's a short read, but it's a powerful read. I've been getting testimonies all across the country, and I promise you it will bless your life.